close read with Elise and Eugene, episode three. This is technically episode four. Mm. We had an episode three. What happened to it, Elise? What happened? Well, there is drinking involved. And then it... Of liquids. Yeah, of liquids. Um... And we just kind of, I don't know, it, it was, it became like not interesting in a way that it was like, it was interesting for us, but it was like, yeah, we're just like talking about our lives. Like no, I had shit so much this. fun recording that. <laughs> I will say, I think we grew wise and we were like, maybe this shouldn't hit the airwaves. Yes. It, it, it Did just we make the right decision? I think so. Oh, it was just drunkenly like, damn, this sucks. This is hard. It was more therapy. And I don't know if this is necessarily it, therapy. It was quite necessary therapy. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> anyway, so what are we talking about today, Elise? Today we're talking about Parasite. Wow, the hit anime? The hit anime Parasite. No, <laughs> the film. The, the film 2019 film by Bong Joon-ho. Yes. Bong Joon-ho? I think that's his name. You would know. I'm Korean and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. But... We've seen it twice. Twice now. Twice. And it's it's actually been quite a buzz with news. Like, it's been kind of everywhere. Variety did uh, their, like, director cut mm-hmm. thing with it. They've been interviewing them on, like, Vogue and stuff. So, it's getting a lot of traction, mm. which is quite unusual. Also, PSA, I'm sick, so if I'm like I... I'm, like, a little bit sick, so it's going to be if, a lot of, yeah. like... <clears throat> we're, kind of, we're, we're bundled up. I've got my cup of tea here. Yeah. We're trying our best. And my dog is in here, so if she starts, like, barking and stuff... Listen, that's not on us. That's on the dog. That's on that dumb bitch down there. Don't you dare call her a dumb bitch. <laughs> I will murder you. Also, remember, we're supposed to keep the cursing on the DL now. Oh, we are? Yes, we are. Oh, okay. Well, As our manager. Said, she said that? Yes, anyway. No, she did it. Yes, she did. Um. Anyway, so, Parasite. Yes, well, I think first of all, we should introduce ourselves because... Oh. For those of you who do not actually know us, you might be curious as to who we are and why the fuck we're doing this. Oh, fuck. I said fuck twice. I said, <laughs> I said three times. <laughs> Sorry. I tried my best, manager. Um, so, do you want to go first? or No, you go first. I go first? I always go first. Um, I have to gauge what I say based on Oh, okay. So, hello. This is our podcast. I am Eugene, and this is Elise. Mm-hmm. The two of us are recent college graduates from UCLA, um, who both majored in English, so analysis queens. Uh, and then on top of that, I also did a little stint in political science, and Elise did a little stint in film. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're hoping that through this endeavor, we get to utilize those skills. We get to really explore what we want to talk about. But also, like, have a fun time just, like, putting stuff up on the webs. On the webs. On the webs. On yeah. The I mean, I think, you, I think you did it. You covered it. You're good at that. Thank you. I'm <laughs> so good at that. I will never have to introduce myself as long as Eugene is around. That's fair, because even yeah. in our other chats, I'm always like, Elise and I. Um, it's because I know you hate introducing yourself. Like, what am I going to say? Like, and I feel like I do it kind of okay. You do it. You do it well. Thank you. 
if only someone would give me a job <laughs> now that I'm like, I can introduce myself. Yeah. But uh, I just feel like it's also, like, our lives are just so intertwined, so it's just easier. Wow. Some would say that we are um, married. It's like we're married. We're in cahoots together. Yeah. Wow. That's super hot. Yeah. In a very heterosexual way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So, today we'll, we're going to be... Oh, I guess we should explain what the podcast is. We're very bad at this. No, you're great. Go ahead. Uh, so, the podcast, Close Red, we've got kind of two things going for it. We've got, like, our usual and analytical content. Um, college, don't add us. We're not going to be deep diving and doing all of our sources in the actual audio. But we are starting a blog where we'll have articles that kind of go more into depth of what we're talking about, where we're drawing our sources from, and, you know, some more thoughts yeah and then the other segment we've got going right now is called some thoughts so Mm -hmm. that is a series where we just kind of discuss about a topic that is on our minds Mm -hmm. you know we're giving it some thought yes like the host (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's kind of what close right is about we hope you enjoy our conversation about parasite uh now be warned there will be spoilers you, this is not a spoiler-free episode. We'll try to keep most of our actual spoilers towards the end. Um, that is a strong promise. Yes, but we can't promise. This is just one of those films where you kind of have to go into it blind. I'm sorry, but you yeah. just have to. It's a, it's an experience. Yeah. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it and you want to, just like... Just like, Save this. Out. Save this for yeah. a later date. It's a rain check. <laughs> yeah, like, you gotta... Anyways, why don't we start with um, our thoughts about, like, what... I guess whether we enjoyed the film or not. Uh, and they'll try um, to keep it yes. relatively spoiler-free. <laughs> I think I definitely enjoyed it. It has a lot mm. of, like, the elements of movies that I enjoy. We've kind of talked about this before, but, like, the, um, the like, oh, Twinkle wants to be held. Um, the... Oh. <laughs> She's, like, jumping on oh, my lap. Twinkle. Here, I'll take her. Um, Come here, dog. It feels kind of heisty in a sense, heisty, heist-esque. Heist-esque. Where they're like infiltrating. <laughs> Ocean's Korean. <laughs> Ocean's Korean, yes. Ocean's poor people. <laughs> Ocean's poor. Yeah, they're like infiltrating the family. There is planning, and it's just like, it's fun. Yeah. It it's an interesting premise i think i think i really enjoyed the film um because it's something new like i've never seen a movie like mm, it before for sure um the i i think the idea is i wouldn't say like the most original because like class struggles have always been mm-hmm. like a relevant theme but it just it's like a new take it like does it differently yes it's very i don't know if i can think of something like this that isn't like a straight up horror movie. Yeah. This is very thriller. It is. It's it's very but the thriller aspect just comes at you so suddenly. Like yeah. this Oh. My poor dog is shaking her head constantly. And I think it's because she has an ear infection. Really? That would make sense. Yeah. She has um very sensitive ears and she gets like an infection every once in a while. Oh my god, that's so sad. I know. And it, it bothers her a lot. You know. Anyway, so Parasite. <laughs> um, yeah, we really enjoyed it. I would highly recommend seeing it. Don't look up any spoilers. Just know it's about a family that's very poor. They're unemployed. 
and they kind of scam their way into the lives of these wealthy people mm-hmm. um, for money reasons. <laughs> yeah. And in the process, uh, they get wrapped up in a lot of shit. Yes. Yeah. That's all. That I, th- I think that's all we can say that's without like not, it being spoiler yeah, free. Yeah. All right. That's it. <laughs> if you're going to watch episode. the film, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. <laughs> if you're not going to watch it and you don't care for it, listen on mm-hmm. or you've already watched there and so you're just like cool let's get the hot takes <laughs> all right what stood out to you the most madame elise ew Thurleys. ew <laughs> okay bitch <laughs> <laughs> sorry I did it again i oh. know i i have a difficult time like structuring it i think the one scene that specifically stood out to me the first time I saw it and then of course the second time was just when they're running away from the house for the first time Ooh, when it's like pouring yes. rain outside and then just like when you just you see them going down the stairs yes. into the fucking the gutters yeah of so that Korean area for context um does it ever say where they are specifically? No, it doesn't. Okay. But it's I think it's implied, you yeah. know? So for context, um, in the film, the family, they get kind of wrapped up in all this hullaboo. Yeah. They're, they've scammed their way into, like, every single position at this household. Yes. So the, the son is an English tutor. The daughter is an art tutor slash art therapist, which is just fucking bullshit yeah. because she just scammed her way in. Also, her name is Jessica. Shout out to Jessica, our friend who we watched it first. (laughs) Um, And then the mom is a housekeeper. The father's a driver. They've like done, they've successfully integrated themselves into this family's lives. uh, And they're making a fuck ton of money off of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, A shit ton of money. Those are both curse words. Um, However, halfway through the film, maybe a little past halfway. Yeah. the former housekeeper who they've kicked out under the guise of her having tuberculosis, <laughs> um, which is just executed so well. Yeah, that's, Fan- that's one of the scenes I'm going to talk about. That's um, she comes back to them and she's like, hey, y'all, like, let me just get into that basement. I left something in there like, <laughs> like don't worry, I cut the wire to the CCTV camera outside so your family won't even know I was here, which is like, First of all, uh, Sus. yeah, like number one red flag. <laughs> and the family's like, okay, cool, like we're gonna hide out. And mm-hmm. then, because they were like, enjoy- they were living it up in the house yeah. um, until that point. And the mother lets her in and accompanies her to the basement where she fucking opens up this like green, dark, narrow hallway staircase down into this bunker yes. where there's a man living there and it's her husband. I think this is really where the tone shifts for the yeah. film, like, drastically. Yeah. Oh, because up until that point, it's definitely like, oh, LOL, like, these people are... I mean, it depends on how you view it, because you can also view it as, like, these poor, this poor family is, like, taking advantage. But it's also kind of funny, because you're like, wow. Yeah, like, fuck this, the rich people. These people are just so naive that they're just letting all these people. So it's just... Yeah, it's funny to see the different ways that they get there, but then when it gets to that point, it's like, what? Mm-hmm. What? I just I didn't expect it no. at all. 
Like, out of all the things... I mean, I think we know... Everyone knows that Bong Joon-ho has, like, a flair for the thrill. Mm -hmm. So you're obviously going to get something like that. But I don't think anyone expected there to be a chamber, like, underneath the house. Yes. Of this, like, multi-million dollar estate. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Everything kind of turns at that point. And so the context upon this is um, they find this out... The old housekeeper finds out that they're all a family and that they've been scamming the rich people and she like films them and she threatens to send the video to the the wife of the or the madam of the household, I guess. Yeah. Like the the wealthy woman. And they <laughs> kinda kill her. They don't kill her directly. Well they do, but like they she's still alive. But they basically like tie up the two of them, leave them in the basement with no food, no way yeah. to get water. Um Throw a bunch of peaches on the woman. The woman is alert, highly allergic to peaches. And she just dumps a bag of peaches on the woman's <laughs> head. Like, that's intense. And then they skedaddle out of there after... A night everything. of just, like, yeah, hectic hell. hell. And it is pouring rain. And I think one thing the film does really well to show the wealth divide is that, like, the rich people, like, literally live at the top of a hill. Yeah. And then... They have to descend all these stairs and pathways and highways down. They're just walking through this pouring rain with no umbrellas, no shelter. And they get to the bottom level of the city. Yeah. And it's flooded. It is just flooding. And that scene is, like, really intense. Like, you really feel for them in that moment. Yeah. This, like, the juxtaposition of where they just were to what they come home to. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, but scene, yeah, it's a good it's a good yeah. visual. Like everything just gets trashier as they go down. Yeah. There's like literal trash just like the everywhere. The water is filthy. Like yeah. you can tell it's mixing with the sewage and like yeah. Oh my god. There's this really brilliant scene that Pong Juno does parallelism um, mm-hmm. really well, where he juxtaposes the woman who's having this allergic reaction, she's also had a concussion because the mother, the mother of the scammed family, scamming family, um, pushes her down the stairs to prevent her from coming out of the chamber. Mm. So she has this massive concussion and she's probably dying. And so she's like throwing her guts up yeah. in the toilet. And every time she throws up the toilet in the poor family's scamming family's uh, apartment complex erupts with sewage water yeah. as it's like pouring rain into this household um that scene is just so poetic like yeah and it's so sad oh my god and like when jessica just like sits on the toilet just has a smoke i thought that was really cool yeah she's just cool all right so that was a scene that really stood out to you yes i think the lighting in that scene is really good with the lamps that orange glow Mm -hmm. um does it kind of blow your mind to know that that's a set they built that area the poor area? Yeah, they built that entire neighborhood. They also built the, the rich people's house. That's also oh, yes. a set, yeah. So those are the two sets of the movie. I love that. Incredible. Movie magic. Movie magic. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so congested. <laughs> <clears throat> We're doing it. We're killing it. Um, okay, so I guess like, the thing that I really thought was phenomenal was the heist. And mm. when we talk about the heist, we're sp- talking specifically of the heist to get rid of 
named the housekeeper before mm. she comes back. Yeah. Because she has been uh, a stalwart component of this house, even with the former house, the former family that used to live there, mm. the former owner. So she, when this family moved into this like rich people house, uh, they inherited the housekeeper. Yes. So she's like entrenched. She knows how more about the house and the family. Clearly evident by the fact that she knows that there's a fucking bunker. That her husband can just live in. Yeah. Um, and she's, like, been there for so long, and she knows everything. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so the poor family pulls a heist to get her out. Yeah. Where they discover she has a peach allergy, so they take the peach fuzz off these peaches and put them in, like, little glass vials. And every time they're near her, they would sprinkle the peach hairs onto her, knowing she's deathly allergic. Mm-hmm. So she radically has this, like, reaction mm-hmm. in front of the family members. And then the father keeps telling her, like, oh, like, she's so obviously sick with tuberculosis and she's just hiding it. And she is the worst because how could she do that when you have a kid in the house? Yeah. And they really cement it because they actually follow her to the hospital and take a photo of her on the phone at the hospital. And they claim they heard her saying that she has active TB. <laughs> um, and there's just this brilliant moment where he's like, the driver, the father is like putting all this this fear and paranoia into the, the madam's head. And she's like walking up the stairs from the garage, doing like signing the cross <laughs> and like putting her hand to her mouth. And in horror, as she sees the housekeeper coughing and spraying her spit everywhere. And the driver walks over to the trash can where she just she saw her dump the napkin, like puts a hot packet, like a hot sauce packet all over it, like ketchup, and pulls it out and in horror shows her the bloody napkin. <laughs> Effectively so good. His face. Yeah, like the <laughs> and like and then the madam like passes out. Yeah. She like faints on the yeah. spot. It's just so comedic. It's so yes. funny. Yes. It's paced so well. There's like the the um like cutting back and forth yeah. between um the son showing him the script to yes. talk to the madam and like it, it playing in real life as mm-hmm. he's doing it it's really fun yeah the the scene with the cutting back with the son and the father practicing the skit yeah. the script for this heist um is actually kind of an inside joke because in Korea which is where the actors are from um. The, the father is actually a veteran actor who's acted in almost all of Bong Juno's works, I think. They're kind of like a team, a duo. He's very famous. He's been in the game for decades. Yeah. And the one who is the son was in Train to Busan. He's the baseball boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, who like helps fight them off so the girl... And yeah, that is so sad. That's him. And so... Such a good movie. Yeah, and so basically, it's like... This young up and coming actor is like teaching this older, very experienced veteran how to act. Yeah. So that's kind of like a meta joke happening there. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that'd be a good FYI. Yeah, that's fun. Do you want to just like let her out? Yeah. Sorry, our dog is very demanding. Twinkle, the door has opened as you wish. Come on, Twinkle. Bye. She'll be fine, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's a, that's the heist scene. Oh. It's a lot of fun. It's so much fun. And like, I think we knew that it would be that much fun when he gets his sister in. Yes. And he's just. 
her little song. Yeah. There's, so there's like a scene where um, when this all first starts happening, when he's like, oh, you know what? Like, I, like, you need an art teacher. Like, I think I know one. Yeah. And the mom's like, oh, you do? Like, tell me about her. And he's <laughs> like, her name's Jessica. She's from Illinois, Chicago. Uh, she graduated from university and art. No, yeah. <laughs> and so there's a scene where like his sister walks up to the apartment and like right before they ring the doorbell, she's like, okay, let's go over this one more time. And they do this song where he's giving her like all the things she has to remember. So it's like Jessica, Illinois, Wedongtai, Chicago. Like yeah. and they just like go through it. And Wedongtai means like only child. Yeah. So it's like, they're just going over the song, and that scene just got a lot of laughs yeah. when we watched it, and it it was She's the so preface good. to the heist. Yeah. yeah, that actress is so beautiful too. She is. Have a crush on her. <laughs> Queen Dom. Queen Dom. <laughs> um, cool. Any other scenes that like really stood out to you? I was like, whoa, you haven't seen that. Right. Oh my god, my dog just opened the door, but it was terrifying because I couldn't see her. <laughs> and so I just saw the door open behind you. Um, I do want to talk about the, the the husband that lives below. Oh. But I'm not sure what to say about <clears throat> it exactly. Mm, like a He's, specific scene? Yeah. Should we move on just from scenes everything... that like really stand out to us? Yeah, it's fine. Okay, cool. Now let's talk about the creepy dude. Yeah. Because <laughs> he... Yeah, he becomes like... He's not like he's the main bad guy or anything, but he just no. like comes out of nowhere with like... the finale. Yeah. So, <clears throat> for those of you who don't know, there's a man who lives in the basement yes. of this house. Um, and he is the husband of the former housekeeper. Yeah. So, when she comes back to like get something that she lost or forgot yeah. she's like trying to feed her husband because he's been locked or sealed away into this basement mm-hmm. um to this bunker for like weeks with no food no water or i guess water because there's a sink and stuff yeah i just don't know like <clears throat> what he is supposed other than like the class like fighting between yeah. classes i don't i guess maybe that's what he is supposed to represent but it's just interesting that he's i don't know what happened to him to make him crazy he wasn't crazy in the beginning though exactly well kind of because what kind of person is just like complacent with staying down there someone who i know he is hiding yeah he's hiding away from debt collect loan sharks so but he also has, like, come to like it, in a sense. Yeah. And that's what's strange. I'm, well... And then he has, like, the weird, like... Fetish. Fetish. With... He has, like, a weird obsession oh, with the father. Fetishes. <laughs> yeah. With the father of the household, yeah. who's this, like, wealthy entrepreneur, tech entrepreneur, and... But I thought that was more of a class thing. That's true. I think it is just a class. Of the way that the poor kind of just like worship the wealthy yeah. in a way. And show Because he's like, thank you for all that I have. Like that's what yeah. he would say. As if living in this fucking basement bunker. Yeah. As if this guy thinks about him at all. Yeah. Like he doesn't know he exists. No. Interesting. Interesting. Kim Kardashian doesn't know you exist. <laughs> Stop buying her I stuff. Know, I, I, <laughs> I'm so sad Kim Kardashian doesn't know who I am. I'm like, Chloe, uh, 
Oh my god, I can't even pretend to like know these people's names. That family, they don't know you exist. Stop buying their stuff. Jeffree Star, don't buy his palette. Like, <laughs> stop. It is, that's true. It's weird that we're like, all oh, these people care about us. Like, they what? They don't, they don't give a single shit. And that's what? the whole point. That's the point. Yeah. So, I guess we're like, right now we're talking about one of the themes of yes. the movie, which is like probably the most Which I guess is what he represents theme. the most. Yes. Which is class, I don't even want to say like class conflict. But it kind of is. It's like yeah. class struggles, class divide. It's all yeah. about class. Yeah. And the differences in class. It is, it's criticizing both aspects. It's like, it's not just, yes. I mean, it is like, fuck the rich, it's, but it's also like, this guy's idolizing yes. this rich man. It like, doesn't just there's something wrong demonize with that the too. wealthy. It also yeah. shows why they're able to stay in power, yeah. why they're able to be so wealthy. Mm-hmm. And it's because the poor don't seem to understand that they're allies mm-hmm. because when when the dude in the basement is introduced he's we're told that the reason why he's hiding was he took out a bunch of loans to open a castella cake shop mm-hmm. so castellas in south korea this is also kind of like a cultural thing that i think people might have missed when so in korea the way that things run is first of all it's a very modernized place and they've had social media since the 90s. So, they, so they've been kind of, because the government invested in a lot of it. So they're, they've been very, like, I don't want to say, like, media-focused. Mm-hmm. But their minds are very, like, used to being in this, like, space of staying with the trends and, like, being on top of things. And if you're not, you're kind of looked at being less kind of, like, tacky or behind the times. And that, it's not to say that that doesn't happen here, but it's much more intense there. And so every couple of years, there's like a huge trend, right? And so this trend is the Castella cake shop trend where like everyone wanted to eat a Castella, take a photo of it, put it on their Instagram. And so seeing that as a business prospect, everyone opened a Castella shop. Mm-hmm. And because everyone opened a Castella shop, they're not going to do well, you know? Yeah. And once the trend passes, like... It's over. It's ogre. And so, but it's it's the father of this scheming family who now ha- are employed. So they're flying. They have money. Um, he also owned the Castella shop, which is why they were so poor in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's kind of juxtaposing these two people and being like, look, like, you both were in the same situation, but one of you is employed now and you can't seem to, like... M- yeah. find a morsel like a single crumb of empathy for this other man who's living in a fucking basement bunker yeah hiding from debt yeah. collectors like yeah and they don't like the mom tries to call the cops on yes. them, which is how this whole thing breaks down yeah and so i really think it's like showing like yeah like they're wealthy they have so much money they don't understand what it's like to be poor and that's evidenced by the fact that they have like a weird fetish thing going on the rich, the rich, the rich people, yeah. Where the rich people like to masquerade as poor. So, like, there's a sex <laughs> scene between the husband and the wife. And the husband's like, oh, my God. Like, you should wear that cheap pair of panties. And the, the wife, thinking that poor people are addicted to drugs or something, says, like, oh, my God. Like, I'll wear them if you buy me drugs. Like, buy me <laughs> drugs. And they're, like, having sex on this couch. <laughs> While they're talking like this. And everyone else in the theater is like, what the fuck? It's weird. It's weird. But they're like, they're like fetishizing that. They're like, wow, we're so poor. We're so sexy and dirty. The way that they talk about poor people, too. It's 
crazy. Yeah. And then the poor fetish. I guess the way the they wealthy. don't talk about the it's yeah. like the way they talk about I don't know. About they're never like their poor backs. people. Yeah, they're like it's poor like, people are disgusting. Like the people that take the subway and like the yes, people that we've employed. Right. They're like, isn't it weird how the people we employ all smell the same? Yeah. And they're like, what do you mean? It's like what smell? Yeah. But it's like, oh my god, that is such a. <laughs> It's such a thing in this film, of the smell. The smell. I was so self-conscious when we were leaving that movie. You're like, do I smell poor? No. I have to smell at least middle class. (laughs) We're not middle class. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's whack. So I I think... Because even, like, watching it... Yeah. when, When I was watching it and the the mom first meets like the housekeeper and her husband like down there and then she's just like oh i'm gonna call the cops like i was like why why do you need to because the housekeeper's like she's not asking like that i mean i know it's going out of your way but like it's not that much she's like like, i'll pay you if you feed my husband twice a week and she's like i'm calling the cops (laughs) twice a week not even every day yeah i don't know i it was definitely, I mean, like, I could imagine where she's like, this bitch is fucking crazy. Like, she fucking hit her husband here. Yeah. I'm calling the cops. Like, people live here. Like, she lives here. That's true. So I could see where, like, that's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like. I just, but in in the context of this family, who yeah. all they do is scheme. And scam. And... I don't under, I don't know. It just shows... I don't see it. I don't see how it would be that yeah. far out for them to be like, okay, we'll also yeah. do this. It's definitely representative of um, a lack of class consciousness. Mm-hmm. They don't realize because the housekeeper in that scene says something I think that is like really pivotal in the movie, which is we're both members of the needy. Yeah. So why don't we like team up? I'll pay you a little. You'll feed and my she's husband. Like, I'm not needy. Yeah. She's like, I'm not poor. I'm not like you. <laughs> but it's like you are though just because you you're were making, like yesterday yeah, just because you're making an income of like 70k a year now doesn't mean you're wealthy yeah like these people have millions upon millions upon <sighs> millions like it's so true you are nowhere near that level and yet here they are living it up in this house like dreaming to themselves that they're going to be that wealthy one day mm-hmm. you're not you're just a parasite mm-hmm. all you're doing is draining them of like barely anything while they're just building upon mountains of wealth. Like, I, I think that's what the film is really trying to teach the audience, is that, like, these people live in a different world. You yeah. will never be a part of that, yeah. no matter how hard you strive. Yeah. Like, and so you need to stop The al- son realizes that, yes. like, kind of later in the film, in the last scenes. Because he kind of starts this little relationship with the daughter that he's tutoring, which is gross. And <laughs> um, he, they're like standing over a party, the party for the little, the son, the of little the son family, yeah. And he's like, he asks her, like, do you think I fit in here, or do you think I could fit in here? Yeah, and the wealthy girl's like, yeah, of course you fit in yeah. here. Yeah, and he's like, no, like he's you like, just see it, yeah, yeah. on his face, like he's just like. These and this two, is after yeah. the night where they had to like crawl back, back. to their little Poor, basement like cockroaches. Yeah. Yeah. So he's really like I don't think I can. Yeah. 
I think um, <clears throat> at the very end, there's like a bunch of violence because the housekeeper ends up dying mm-hmm. because of her injuries. Um, Getting kicked downstairs. <laughs> being attacked with a bunch of peaches. Yeah. Um, it'll fuck you up. Yeah. And and then the the oh my god the husband of the housekeeper former housekeeper ends up becoming kind of like crazed. Yeah. And so. This is the scene where I was kind of like, oh my god, like we knew this was gonna happen. The the son of the scheming family. So okay, this is kind of important. There's a rock that the family is given in the beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. And there in Korea people collect rocks. Or some people. Like it's a very old person thing to do. But you take the rock and it's kind of like um like bonsai trees. They're like small or they're they're very like even if they're big, they're like portable you know mm-hmm. and so what they would do is like they would frame them using wood frames for like wood bottoms and you would like gift them to people and they're called like scholar rocks and they all represent different things mm-hmm. so my my grandfather had like a bunch of rocks too so that was like and like a lot of them like if you do it well like you can sell it for a lot anyways so that metaphorical rock that this family receives in the beginning represents like incoming wealth yes like you're about to become wealthy so it's this metaphorical rock of wealth that the family receives from a college friend of, or not a college friend, but like a, a friend of the son of the scheming family, yeah. of the poor family. And so through that rock and meeting with this, with this friend, the son is able to get a job in the wealthy family's house. Mm-hmm. So the rock has brought wealth to the family yes. to a certain degree. So, however, after all this shit, and like finding out about the bunker family and stuff and realizing that he will never be a part of this world the son decides to take this metaphorical rock open the fucking gate into this underworld and kill the two of the people in down there with this metaphorical rock yes so that he may remain wealthy and does not have to worry about them yeah so this is funny because like he himself wants to be in this world so bad that he's willing to use the metaphorical rock of wealth to kill the poor people. Yes. His family, on the other hand, this is during a dinner party or, or a lunch party or something. Mm-hmm. His other family, on the other hand, are collecting food. His, his sister and his mom are collecting food to give to the poor people because they're like, we should, we're worried about them. We should yeah. bring food down for them. And so you see this divide where he's like, no, I'm going to be wealthy. I'm going to take this rock down. I'm going to kill them. He fucking goes down the stairs and he drops the metaphorical rock of wealth. Dumbass. Which just skitters down. It just fucking plummets down the stairs. Makes a whole fuck ton of noise. Alerting the crazy man. Yes. Who has watched his wife die, throw up, have allergies, everything. Just she's dead. Anyways, he goes down, he finds the dead housekeeper, and he's like, are you okay? And the crazy man strikes. Yeah. There goes Twinkle. Bye, Twinkle. And so what happens? Well, the man gets him. The man gets him and fucking kills him, almost. Almost. Fatally (laughs) wounds him in the head with With the the rock. Yeah, with the metaphorical rock of wealth. My god, they're also doing a bunch of gardening outside. 
Anyways, so he takes the metaphorical rock, this poor crazy man, yeah. and kills the boy, fatally wounds him. Mm-hmm. And he bleeds out <laughs> everywhere. And then the man continues <laughs> to the kitchen where he grabs a knife. Jessica, the sister slash... Whoa. Wow. <laughs> There's a ghost in here. The sister slash... Oh, it's Twinkle. <laughs> Twinkle's the ghost. Uh, Twinkle's the dog, by the way. <laughs> if y'all don't know. Jessica ha- is holding the cake for the little boy. Yeah, she's like, oh my god, congratulations on recovering from, from your art therapy, which I've been <laughs> scamming you about. She walks this cake out, and then what happens? The man... Strikes. Strikes. He plunges the knife into her chest, and she cakes him. <laughs> she takes the cake, and she's like... Shit, (laughs) and she just cakes him. Yeah, the and then he's like waving the knife around. He's like, Bring out oh, I forgot her name, the housekeeper, otherwise, I'm gonna kill all of you. Yeah, and all the rich people are like, Ah, oh my god, like this poor crazy man, this homeless man is attacking us. (laughs) And then the housekeeper (laughs) shows up, she like takes a fucking like sausage link knife, whatever. It's like one of those, like, uh. Like Brazilian grill, like yeah. knife skewers, where you like skewer it with a bunch of sausages. Yeah, and she fucking just like stabs him in the side, and he dies. But there's like a really important scene here, where the car keys for this rich man car, his BMW, is under or like next to the dying crazy man with the knife, and he like looks up at him. As he's like reaching for the keys and he's like, Respect, like I love you. Yeah. And the guy just like closes his nose because yeah. he's like, You smell because you're poor. Yeah. And that's when the father of the poor family is like, I'm done with your shit. Grabs the knife and stabs him too. Yeah. And that's when you're like, What? Like, <laughs> because when I was first seeing this film, I was like, oh my god, like, there's so much happening, like, yeah. but I was like, but I think up to that point, I've been like, okay, like, we're done with the thrill, and then there's that last one note, and I was like, that's insane, like, he kills him. Yeah. And I, I think that scene is very important to the film, because I think it represents how, when there's class conflict between the, I guess... The, the wealthy are going to remain fine as long as the poor fight amongst each other. They are not impacted. Because all the violence in the scene currently is between the poor. However, if the wealthy continue to have their way and do not give the basic stuff, do not give basic respect, like healthcare, education, whatever, these like things that are needed for our life, for a stable, sustainable life, to the poor eventually the knives and the weapons and the violence of the poor will be directed at the wealthy yeah yeah but i i do think that that scene is supposed to kind of represent something like that Mm. because there's only so much that the poor can take we're all humans (laughs) yeah i think the director did a really good job of like building up to that moment though because it it was a surprise, but it didn't feel like out of nowhere. It wasn't no, like... No, it felt justified. And yeah, it didn't way. feel like... 
not justified. It was just like, yeah, this makes sense. It's been building up on this father for a long time. Mm-hmm. Being treated like nothing. Yeah. That's the help. Yeah. Yeah. There's a scene right before that where <clears throat> he's like trying to make a friendly talk with his boss. Um, with the wealthy man and the wealthy man's like I'm paying you extra like just suck it up yeah just like just do it you know Mm -hmm. and that's I think a really integral moment where the driver the father of this poor family realizes like oh you don't even think I'm like a human human." (laughs) or like one of you you just think I'm I'm you're delineating you from me like this is an us versus them kind mm-hmm. of thing. oh my god Ow. yeah insane crazy really crazy <sighs> we've reached the 40 minute mark what more can we say about this film hmm Beautiful. Yeah, it's great. It's cinematography. Wonderful. Cinnamon topography. The cinnamon topography is wonderful. It's fantastic. It's really done well. I think Pong Juno, I saw this one interview where he was, someone was talking about how much they love his lighting work. Because they say the lighting in this film kind of gives like a magical glow to things. Mm. And I think that, that you can really see that in um, the poor neighborhood. Yeah. When it's raining with the orange glow. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. I think his characters feel so real. They're yes. such characters. Like, yeah. yeah, they're just distinct. No one's boring. Everyone can act. First of all, everyone in this film acted their balls off. Like, my God. They're incredible. Team Respect. Jessica. <laughs> Respect. <laughs> um, yeah. I think, like, that's it. Like, go see the film if you haven't. If you have and you're listening to this, we'd love for you to leave a comment. Tell us us what you thought about it. Tell us what you think. What we missed, because we definitely missed a lot. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much to this film that I don't think we can break it down in one episode. But I I do think, thematically, it's all about class, you know? Mm -hmm. Do you think it's going to win an Oscar? Ooh. Interesting. I like where this is going. I think it might win Best International Film. I don't know. I haven't seen like any other international film. I haven't either, but just from the press of it. Mm -hmm. I just haven't heard of any other international films. Maybe it'll get like a screenplay thing. That's what they like to do when they don't like give out. Oh, really? (laughs) They're like, I don't know. That's what I noticed. Best picture because it's all non white people. But it could have been foreign. Yeah. I I don't know. A lot of people, when I, like, look into it, are like, give it best picture, give it best picture. But I'm like... It's not going to get... I mean, I don't know. It's cast of all Asians. Like, are they gonna? No, it's gonna go to, like, Marriage Story or something. Ew. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Or Jojo Rabbit. I would be okay with Jojo Rabbit. I really like Jojo Rabbit. Anyways, this is not about Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> what What do you think um, the role of 
like non English films or non US based films are in the Oscars. Like Bong Joon Ho called. <laughs> yeah, he, Bong he Joon-ho, said it yeah, best. He called the Oscars a what was it? A backyard festival or film something? festival. Where he's like, only the US people are there. No yeah. one cares about it internationally. Yeah. And I was like, damn. It's so real. I was like, that's so crazy because like. They're like, here's a little award for a random foreign yeah. film that, yeah, the, the Academy liked a lot. It's like, okay. It's, it's interesting to me that in the U.S., everyone's like, the Oscars. Like, oh my God, the Oscars. And then this international director comes and he's like, no one gives a shit about the Oscars. Like, I also think it's interesting. I don't know where I saw this, yeah. but there's this thing that was like, the Korean films that get really popular here are always, like, the violent ones. Like, and we know that that's not, mm. like, all of the Korean content. Oh, like, of. Train to Busan. And Old Zombie. Boy is Old boy, yeah. fucked up. Yeah. yeah. Try throwing cheese on the trap at them. Everyone here being yeah. like, what? <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. It is, that is interesting. I don't know what that means. There is um one Korean film I really like. <laughs> now we're just talking about it. <laughs> we're gonna have an article paired with this where we're we were going to talk about some of the international mm-hmm. media that we like to consume because I think it's important for people to consume media, whether that be music or television or movies from other countries. I think it's super important. Um, the U.S. is just so isolated in all of its media consumption it and its language use and. It really shows in our people because we're just so uneducated about anything. Um, yeah, but one of them is a Korean film that like did really well in Korea. It's called 200 Pound Beauty. Mm. Um, and it's about this really fat girl mm. who <clears throat> has the most beautiful looks. And so she is the ghost singer for a pop idol. And also, her daytime job is, uh, like, sex on a phone. Oh. Like, a sex call phone. I don't know what to call that. Like, a phone service kind of thing. Yeah, I forgot what it's called. It's, like, girlfriend on the phone. Yeah. So, like, lonely men will call in, and she'll be like, oh, my God, like, how was your day? You know, like, she pretends to be their girlfriend. that's fun. Um, Yeah, and because she has this really nice voice, and her dream is to, like, be a singer. But she can't because she's really fat and, like... (laughs) Not really the beauty standard. Yeah, and so she like has this huge crush on this guy who's like on the production side of like this idol. (laughs) It might be, but (laughs) she's like really fat, and he's kind of like he's nice to her, but he's not like let's date. Yeah, and I don't remember because I watched this so long ago. I don't remember if it's implied that he like still likes her or not. So I don't remember that part, but um. She decides to get plastic surgery. And so she redoes her face. She, like, gets into the x-ray regimen. She does the physical trainer. And this, like, plastic surgery clinic is doing it for her. Because, like, she is an experiment. You know, like, if they can fix her, that is the biggest promotion they're getting. And so they do it for her. And she turns into, like, the most beautiful person ever. And her voice is incredible and sexy and nice. and. I don't remember. Okay, I, go on. But she's quite recognizable. Yeah. And and so the film is, like, about her, like, kind of hiding that she's, like, done all this plastic surgery. So 
she's like blowing up. She's an amazing singer. Everyone's like, and she's a natural beauty. And her like agency's like hiding the fact that she's like done all this plastic surgery. Interesting. Yeah. And so the plot eventually culminates because the former idol who she no longer goes things for. So her career's over, like finds out it's her. And so she starts like, like harassing her and like posting on the internet and like writing on her car like I know you're a fake like blah yeah. blah blah and stuff and eventually comes ahead and she like at a concert in front of like thousands of her fans so it's like I did get plastic surgery because I was treated like shit yeah and that's the only way I could get into this industry and it did really well and I think that's like a huge testament to first of all Korean beauty standards and how awful they are and secondly like the the mental space of all the women in this country that are like dealing mm-hmm. with it but I don't see a film like that building traction here, you know. I don't think anyone would care really about it here. Yeah. In the same context. And so, but it's it's interesting because like films like that do build up traction in other countries, just not the U.S. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why is that? Like, why doesn't, the, why don't we care about other countries and their media at all? Unless it's violent. Unless it's violent. <laughs> well, I mean, if you think of, like, the Miyazaki movies, that's different. True. Okay. But it is, like, animation, though. And it's from... But it's still, like, <clears throat> it's popular here. That's... Is it, though? Yes. Like, really popular? Yes. Maybe I just don't hang out with it. Because I'm thinking, like, no yeah, like, face. weeps know it. It's not just a weep thing. Are you sure? Yes. That, those films are extremely popular. I know Spirited Away was, but I don't know about the rest of the Miyazaki films. I think it's like... I think most people know. Didn't Spirited Away win an Oscar? Maybe. Best animation? I think it did. That's kind of incredible. Yeah. Yeah. But you know why it won? Because it had the English dub. <laughs> It was dubbed over by... Are, aren't, like, all of them dubbed over? They are when they come over here, but... Yeah. So it's not like... But what I'm saying is, like, it's not in the original language it's it's being shipped from. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Like, it feels a little... Like, we can be like, yes, it was the first foreign film, you know, to, like, really build up traction here, but it oh, was... Oh, no, released. I'm not saying it's the first. It's not the first. Yeah. There's I'm just saying, like... foreign films. It was, like... In English. It was, like, easy for the audience to digest because Mm -hmm. it was in English versus, like, this film, which is not dubbed over at all. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that's playing a role in any of it. Well, I think it kind of makes it accessible because not everybody wants to, like, I don't know. Like, read subtitles? subtitles. Fighting, like, hard-of-hearing people read subtitles all the time. They don't have a choice. And, like... We it's read different. subtitles all the time. It's not difficult. It's not. I'm just saying that some some people don't prefer it. It's very much like a preference thing. Ah, get over it. Yeah. <laughs> Open your horizons. Consume something new. Alright. That's my show. What do you want to say? <laughs> Nothing. There's a lot of good foreign films. <laughs> Alright. Yeah. <laughs> And on that note... They do so well. Are we done here, madam? I think so. I think we've exhausted this topic. Also, the congestion's really getting to me right now. They take me so All right. Thanks for tuning in with Close Red. I hope you enjoyed our topic. 
<laughs> I don't know if Elise did. She's like ready to check out. I'm ready to check out. She's ready to check out. By this, by the time this episode airs, we've been checked out. <laughs> All right, thanks for tuning in. I think our next episode, we're probably gonna try to go with some thoughts route. Some thoughts. Some thoughts is fun. It is. It is. All right. See you later.